Chapter One of On Sleeping and Waking in Parva Naturalia by Aristotle, translated by William Alexander Hammond. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Geoffrey Edwards. Chapter One we must now consider the subject of sleeping and waking and ask what they are and whether they are phenomena peculiar to the soul or common to the body and the soul and if they are common we must further inquire to what particular organs of the soul and body they belong further we must inquire to what cause this animal function is due and whether all animals share in both sleeping and waking or are certain animals endowed with the one and others exclusively with the other or are there creatures that are endowed with neither of them and others with both in addition to this we must investigate the nature of dreams and explain why persons sometimes dream in sleep and at other times do not or shall we say that dreaming always occurs in sleep but we do not remember our dreams if this is true what is the explanation a further question is whether or not it is possible to foresee future events and if it is possible in what sense are they foreseen further is it possible to foresee only such future events as are performed by man or also such as are caused by divine power and does this foresight apply to what takes place in the course of nature or to the results of accident first of all it is evident that both sleeping and waking are to be ascribed to the same organ for they are contrary functions and sleep is clearly the negative of waking now contraries whether in the realm of nature or elsewhere are always expressed in one and the same organ capable of receiving them and are affections of the same thing i mean e g health and disease beauty and ugliness strength and weakness sight and blindness hearing and deafness this is further evident from the following it is by the same sign that we recognize a person awake and one asleep for when a person has sensation we regard him as awake and we believe that every waking person has sensation to a certain extent either of the external world or of internal processes if then waking consists in nothing else than in having sensation it is evident that by virtue of that organ wherewith one has sensation waking creatures are awake and sleeping creatures are asleep but since sensation is not the function exclusively either of the soul or the body for where there is potentiality there is also a corresponding actuality but what we understand by sensation in its actual sense is a physical process mediated by the body it is plain that this phenomenon does not belong exclusively to the soul and on the other hand it is impossible for an inanimate body to experience sensation in earlier treatises we have analyzed the parts of the soul as we call them 
and explained that the nutritive part is different from the other powers in animate bodies although no other power can exist independently of it from this it is evident that such living creatures as are endowed only with the functions of growth and decay do not experience sleeping or waking as e g plants for they have no organ of sensation whether separated from or conjoined with the organ of nutrition in potentiality and mode of expression these two organs are separable from one another it is likewise true that there is no creature that continuously wakes or continuously sleeps but both these conditions are found in the same animals if an animal has sensation it is impossible that it should not sleep and wake both these phenomena refer to the experience of the primary organ of sensation it is impossible that either of these conditions should be continuously found in the same creature e g that any species of animal should sleep or wake constantly because whenever we find a natural function as soon as the time is exceeded during which the function is capable of being exercised the organ necessarily becomes impotent just as the eye by exercising vision becomes unable to perform this function the same thing applies to the hand and to every other functioning organ now if there is an organ to which the function of sensation belongs and the time is exceeded during which continuous sensation is possible then the organ will become powerless and no longer perform its function if therefore waking is defined in terms of this condition viz as the release of sensation from a state of impotency and if of two contraries one must always be present and the other absent and if waking is the contrary of sleeping and consequently one of the two must in every case be present then sleep would be necessary consequently if this is the nature of sleep and it consists in a loss of power through excess of waking and excess of waking is sometimes pathological and sometimes normal so that the incapacity and its recovery would also have the character of the pathological and normal it follows that every waking creature must also sleep for continuous activity is impossible so too there is no creature that can sleep continuously for sleep is a condition of the sense organ which is like being fettered and held immobile every sleeping thing therefore must have a sense organ by sense organ we mean that which has the capacity of actual sensation but to have actual sensation in its proper and strict sense and to sleep at the same time is impossible all sleep then must be a condition from which waking is possible almost all animals whether their natural abode is the water air or land evidently have the power of sleep for we see all varieties of fishes and mollusks sleeping and every other variety that has eyes also the hard-eyed animals and the insects evidently sleep the sleep however of all such animals is brief and consequently an observer may not notice whether or not they share in sleep 
in the observation of crustaceans it has so far not been clearly established whether they sleep or not if however the foregoing reasoning is convincing then one will believe that sleep occurs in this class that all animals therefore share in sleep is proven from the foregoing for the definition of animal is given in terms of the possession of sensation and we define sleep as in a certain sense the immobility and fettering as it were of sensation waking as the delivery and release from such condition no plant can participate in either of these conditions for without sensation neither sleeping nor waking occurs creatures that are endowed with sensation feel pleasure and pain and when these are felt desire is also felt none of these phenomena however is found in plants a proof of this is that the nutritive part performs its own function better during sleep than in a waking state for at this time nourishment and growth are more rapid which shows that for these purposes there is no need of the additional power of sensation chapter two we must now inquire why it is that sleeping and waking occur and to what sense or senses if there are several they are due since some animals have all the senses and others not e g some do not have sight whereas touch and taste are universal excepting in cases of abnormal creatures and mention has been made of these in the treatise on the soul and further since it is impossible for an animal in sleep to experience any sensation whatever it is clear that we shall necessarily find this condition in all the senses during what we call sleep for if an animal were to sleep in one part and not in another then it would have sensation in sleep which is impossible now in every sense there is a power which is peculiar to it and another power which it has in common with others e g vision is peculiar to the eye audition to the ear and similarly peculiar powers belong to the other senses but there is also a kind of common power that is associated with all the particular senses by virtue of which one is conscious that one sees and hears for by means of sight one does not perceive that one sees and one discriminates and has the power of discrimination between sweet and white not by virtue of taste or sight nor by means of the two combined but by means of a certain power which is common to all the sense organs for sensation is unitary and the master organ of sensation is unitary although there is an essentially different character that belongs to each category of sensation e g to sound and colour this common element is allied more nearly to the tactual than to any other sense for the tactual can exist apart from all the other sense organs but the others cannot exist apart from it this however was discussed in the studies on the soul sleeping and waking then are evidently an affection of this common sense and are consequently found in all animals 
for touch is the only universal sense now if sleep consisted in the fact that all the senses undergo something then it is remarkable that in cases where it is not necessary or in a certain sense not possible for them to be simultaneously active yet these same senses should become simultaneously inactive and immobile on the contrary it is more plausible to suppose that they are not at rest simultaneously but the explanation that we have given of these phenomena is a rational one for when the master organ that rules over all the others and to which all the others are directed is affected all the subordinate organs are necessarily affected with it on the other hand when one of the latter is disabled it is not necessary that the master organ should be disabled also but it is evident from many considerations that sleep does not consist in the inactivity and non-use of these special senses nor in their incapacity to experience sensation for this is just the sort of thing that happens in swooning swooning is the exhaustion of the senses and there are also certain other kinds of mental disturbances that resemble this also by compressing the jugular vein one loses sensation but whenever there is a loss of the use of sensation it does not find its explanation in any chance sense nor is it attributable to any haphazard cause but the explanation is found as we just now said in the primary organ of all sensation for when this is disabled all the other sense organs are also necessarily unable to have sensations when however one of these latter loses the power to act the common sense is not necessarily disabled we must inquire to what cause sleep is due and what sort of an affection it is now there are several kinds of cause for we speak of cause in the sense of the end or purpose again as the principle of motion as the material condition and as the notion or form first of all then when we say that nature acts with a purpose we mean that this purpose is some good that rest is provided for every creature whose nature it is to move and that being incapable of constant and continuous pleasurable movement this rest is a necessary and useful thing and the metaphorical term quotes, rest is with perfect accuracy applied to sleep as repose consequently sleep exists for the preservation of animals and the waking state is its final cause and purpose for sensation and thought are the final purpose of all animals that possess either of these powers these are their highest activities and the highest is the end sleep therefore is a necessity for every animal i mean here a hypothetical necessity viz that if an animal is to preserve its nature it must necessarily be provided with certain things and where these things are found other things are involved we must next ask to what sort of bodily process and activity waking and sleeping are due we must assume that the causes of sleeping and waking are the same or analogous in bloodless 
and sanguineous animals and in the lower sanguineous animals and men so that what we observe in the case of man we shall have to apply to them all it has been already determined in other treatises that the origin of sensation is found in the same organ from which motion originates this organ is found in the middle division of the three topical sections of the body and lies between the head and lower body in sanguineous animals it is the pericardiac section for all sanguineous animals have a heart and this is the primary source of motion and of the higher sensation evidently the origin of movement and of breathing and in general of refrigeration is found in this section and it is also evident that nature created the organs of respiration and of refrigeration which latter is effected by means of moisture for the purpose of maintaining the warmth in this part but this subject will receive separate treatment later on the other hand in the bloodless animals the insects and such animals as are incapable of breathing air there is found in an organ corresponding to the lungs congenital air which rises and falls this is evidently true in the case of insects with undivided wings such as wasps and bees also in flies and similar insects but since it is impossible to originate motion without power the retention of the breath generates power breath derived from without in the case of respiring creatures and congenital breath in the case of non-respiring animals this is the reason why as we see winged insects buzz when in motion the sound being caused by the friction of the air striking on the diaphragm of these holoptera every creature experiences movement whenever a sensation whether its own or caused from without is awakened in the primary organ of sensation now if sleeping and waking are affections of this organ it is clear in what region and in what ultimate organ sleeping and waking have their origin there are persons who are subject to movements in sleep and do many acts that belong to the waking state and nevertheless without any image or sensation for the dream is in a certain way a sense perception about this we must speak later why it is that we remember our dreams on waking while we do not remember acts done in a waking state has been explained in the problems chapter three following upon what has been said we have to consider to what occurrences the phenomenon of sleeping and waking is due and what is its origin now it is plain that as soon as an animal has sensation it must at once take nourishment and grow food in its final state is in all sanguineous animals blood and in bloodless animals something analogous to blood the blood is contained in the veins the origin of which is found in the heart a fact which is demonstrated by dissection when food has been introduced from without into those parts intended for its reception an evaporation takes place in its transmission into the veins and here it is transformed into blood 
and is carried to its main organ this subject was discussed in the treatise on food but we must resume it now for the sake of observing the origins of animal movement and of seeing to what affection of the organ of sensation waking and sleeping are due for sleep is not any random exhaustion of the power of sensation as said above senselessness choking and swooning produce a similar exhaustion and in some cases of swooning there has been found even a strong power of imagination now this creates a problem for if it is possible for a swooning person to fall asleep then this imagination might be regarded as a dream also people often talk when they are in a deep swoon and are to all appearances dead to all these cases of swooning however we must suppose that the same explanation applies but as we have said sleep cannot be any and every incapacity to feel sensation on the contrary this particular condition springs from the evaporation of food for the evaporation must be thrown off to a certain extent and then it must return and change again like the ebb and flood of a shifting strait all animal heat tends to rise when however it reaches the upper parts it turns about and courses down again in mass consequently sleep is most easily produced after taking food for a large quantity of moist crass matter is then carried to the upper parts this by remaining there produces heaviness and causes one to fall asleep but when it descends and in turning throws off its heat then sleep ensues and the animal slumbers a proof of this is furnished by the action of narcotics for they all whether liquid or solid produce heaviness e g the poppy mandrake wine and bearded darnel and those who droop their heads and nod into slumber appear to be in this heavy condition they cannot lift their heads or eyelids sleep of this sort follows mostly on the taking of food for there is then a strong evaporation from food it further arises from certain fatiguing efforts for fatigue tends to waste and waste matter is like indigested food when it is not cold certain diseases such as are due to an excessive amount of moisture or heat produce this effect of sleep as is the case e g in fever and lethargy further early infancy produces it for children sleep a great deal because all their food rises to the upper parts a proof of this is seen in the excessive growth of the upper parts in proportion to the lower ones in early childhood due to the fact that growth tends in that direction it is to this cause also that epileptic conditions are due for sleep is similar to epilepsy in fact is epilepsy in a certain sense and so the beginning of this condition in many cases happens during sleep and while asleep persons have an attack of it but not while awake for when a great mass of fumes is carried to the upper parts in descending they press on the veins and produce constriction of the passage through which respiration takes place 
consequently wine is not good for children or for wet nurses for it makes no difference perhaps whether the wine is taken by the children or by the nurses but they should drink it thinned with water and in small quantities for wine contains spirituous fumes especially wine of dark colour in children the upper parts become so full of food that during five months of life they cannot turn their necks for a great quantity of moisture rises to the upper parts just as it does in the case of persons who are very drunk this phenomenon suggests a rational explanation of the fact that the embryo remains at first quiet in the womb also in general persons with deep-lying veins of dwarf-like structure and with large heads are given to sleep for the veins of the one class are small and so the moisture in its downward course cannot readily flow through them while in the case of persons of dwarf-like structure and large heads there is a great pressure and evaporation towards the upper parts large-veined persons are not given to sleep because of the facility for the passage of blood in the veins unless there be some adverse conditions present neither are the atrabilious especially inclined to sleep for their internal parts are cool and so no considerable evaporation takes place in them consequently owing to their dryness they are fond of eating for the condition of their bodies is such that they seem to have eaten nothing for the black bile being in its nature cool cools the nutritive region and the other parts where this excretion of bile is potentially present from the foregoing one sees that sleep is an internal concentration of heat and a natural reaction from the cause named for this reason a person in sleep moves a great deal from the moment that the heat ceases to rise however the person becomes cool and owing to the cooling the eyelids fall shut and so the upper and outer parts of the body are cool while the inner and lower ones e g the feet and the entrails are warm yet one might be in doubt as to the statement that the deepest sleep occurs after eating that wine and other similar heating drinks are narcotic to regard sleep as a cooling process is not reasonable it is rather caused by heat or is one to suppose that analogously to the stomach which is warm when it is empty but as soon as it is filled becomes cool through its processes so the channels and divisions of the head are cooled by the rise of evaporated matter or are we to suppose that analogously two persons pouring warm water over themselves and then suddenly shivering so after the heat has risen the collected cold produces a chill and in this way counteracts the natural heat and drives it back again when a large quantity of food is taken which drives the warmth upward the stomach is cooled until digestion takes place just as fire is cooled when fresh wood is laid upon it for sleep occurs as we said when crass evaporation under the influence of heat rises through the veins to the head when this can continue no longer because an excess of mass has been carried to the upper parts then reaction takes place 
and the evaporated matter flows back to the lower parts consequently when the rising heat is withdrawn men sink down man is the only animal that stands erect and when the heat returns it causes lapse of consciousness and later awakens imagination the explanation we have just given for the phenomenon of refrigeration is a possible one the region about the brain however is the chief factor here as we have said the brain is the coldest part of the body and in animals that have no brain the part analogous to it is the coldest part just as water is evaporated by the sun's heat and when it rises into the upper air is cooled by the air's temperature and condensed falls to the earth once more in the form of water so in the rise of heat to the brain the excessive evaporation is converted into viscid matter for this reason catarrhal affections appear to come from the brain whereas the evaporation that assists nourishment and is normal returns to the lower parts condensed and decreases the heat the thinness and slender structure of the veins about the brain contribute to refrigeration and to the difficulty of their taking up the evaporation this is the cause of refrigeration even in cases where the evaporation creates an excessive degree of heat waking takes place when digestion has been completed and the great amount of heat which is crowded into a small region out of the surrounding parts has gained control over the cold and when further the crass blood has been separated from the purified blood the thinnest and purest blood is in the head the thickest and most turbid in the lower parts the primary source of all blood is as we have said in this treatise and elsewhere the heart between the two chambers of the heart there is a middle chamber connected with both the two chambers severally receive blood from the two arteries from the great artery and the aorta and the separation takes place in the middle chamber the detailed treatment of this subject belongs however more properly to other treatises on account of the unseparated character of the blood after taking food sleep occurs and continues until the purest element is separated off and carried to the upper parts and the more turbid element to the lower parts when this is accomplished sleepers are released from the heaviness caused by food and awake the cause of sleep has therefore been explained as the reaction of crass vapour which rises under the influence of its inherent heat on the primary organ of sensation sleep has also been explained as the inhibition of the primary sense organ and its incapacity for function and as a necessary phenomenon for no animal can exist apart from the conditions which develop its nature and sleep exists for the sake of preservation for rest preserves end of chapter three and end of on sleeping and waking recording in memory of mitchell edwards